Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Chelsea Elliott. Chelsea is a certified hypnotherapist who teaches women the power of their subconscious mind and what they're truly capable of once they clear the blocks and limitations that they don't even consciously realize they have so that they can live the life that they're meant to live. She specializes working with women who have anxiety, but she's also helped countless women with their fitness journey using hypnosis. Today, she's going to teach you all about hypnotherapy and how it can help you on your fitness journey. Chelsea and I spoke about a bunch of things, including what hypnotherapy actually is, the power of the subconscious mind and why we fail to implement new habits, how hypnotherapy can be a really good tool for weight loss, and most importantly, how our past conditions cause us to stay stuck and how to break past those old limiting habits and beliefs. Now, if you are driving or operating heavy machinery, I do want to warn you that Chelsea actually does a mini hypnosis towards the end of this podcast, just so you can see what it's actually like for yourself. Please do not listen to this podcast if you are driving or operating heavy machinery. Listen to this while you're in the comfort of your own home. I personally love this conversation and I'm so excited to share how the subconscious mind plays into your fitness and goal-getting habits. Hello, Chelsea. How are you? Hi, Lori. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm great. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm really excited to have you on. A, I noticed the pink theme all throughout your socials and I'm a massive pink girly, so that excited me. <laughs> but also, um, I'm, I was so intrigued by all of your hypnotherapy content, content around the subconscious mind and, you know, revisiting kind of your programs before you were seven. And I'm so excited to dive into all of that. But I'll start out how I start out on all of these podcasts. I feel like whenever you get on this journey, whether it's fitness, hypnotherapy, nutrition, you generally move into this sort of service because of a certain reason. So can you tell me more about your story and why you chose to move into this field? Yes. So I feel like hypnotherapy was that one thing that the universe kept like throwing at me like little breadcrumbs, like hey, this exists. Hey, this exists. And I kind of just like shoved it away, shoved it away. But about five years ago, no, more like seven years ago, actually, I was realizing that I did not want to work corporates. I did not want to work at nine to five. And I had to figure it out. I was still in my young 20s, but I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. But I just started posting every day. And what I started posting about was dealing with anxiety. So the reason I got started in this field was because I had debilitating anxiety in and out of emergency rooms. Um, you know, doctors just saying like, Oh, your blood works fine. You're fine. Or trying to give me pills. Um, not really trying to help me get to the root of it. And I would go to therapy and it just kind of felt like it was a roadblock. I did get a lot of great tools, but nothing that made me feel like I could really get a grasp on the anxiety. So I really just kind of like chipped at it every single day. So I would wake up and move my body in some way, express my gratitude, um, 
I was using EFT or tapping, uh, meditating. I was visualizing. I was doing everything that I could to try to like release this anxiety because it kind of just felt like I had like a chokehold. Like I couldn't just live my life. Um, it was affecting my relationships, my job, um, my health. <laughs> I was just, I felt like I was deteriorating really fast. And so I started doing this work on myself first while trying to start a business. I don't know if that was a great idea, but that's what I did. And as I was, it was kind of like just sharing my journey as someone who was dealing with anxiety and like, kind of like this message of, you know, you don't have to go through this alone. And now fast forward to where I am now. I just think back at that girl, there's no way we'd be having this conversation. I would be broken out in hives. I would be sweating. I would be so nervous, so worried about if I'm going to say something wrong. I would just just trying to hide from the world. And so five, when I was dealing with all that massive anxiety, I also started to get like really extreme stomach pain. And I'm realizing now it was because of the anxiety. Um, because the doctors were like, you're fine, you're fine. But every single day I was like <laughs> doubling over in pain. Like it just felt really acidic. Um, and I just wasn't sure what it was. It was so painful, so intense. Um, and I ended up stopped drinking coughing coffee, which if you have anxiety and you're listening to this, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how much that helps me. Um, that's so crazy. I drank decaf for like five years, like just this or last year, 2022, I started like dabbling back in caffeine and I can mm. finally drink it without having a panic attack, which is great. Um, and I kind of feel like superwoman now, but anyways, so back then I stopped drinking coffee and I did hypnotherapy. So I listened to this health hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy audio where it just kind of like relaxed me down. It allowed me to kind of like focus on my health and like regain, re, regaining my health. Um, and within two days of doing that, the stomach pain I was do, like living with for two months was gone. And I kind of like chalked it up as a fluke. <laughs> so I just kind of like put hypnotherapy back under the shelf and I started to feel a lot better with the anxiety. And so I started doing anxiety coaching and like neurolinguistics. I have a psychology background. Um, I just kind of started doing that, but I really didn't love being called an anxiety coach. I just feel like that's a really weird thing to be. Um, Cause I mean, obviously there's therapists, there's psychologists. It's like, mm -hmm. why do you need an anxiety coach? Right. And so moving through, as we were kind of like talking about with human design, human design really led me to, um, do hypnotherapy. And like, so yeah, that's kind of like why I did it with the anxiety and how it led me to now. <laughs> wow. What a story. And I feel like it's so relatable. Like personally, I feel like I had three quarter life crisis, crises, crises. And I feel like I'm going through another one now, but I'm too old for it to be a quarter life crisis now. But you know, having that anxiety, being at that corporate job, knowing you need to make a change, but feeling like doing the inner work and building this business kind of like adds more stress and more friction. So can you talk me through, you know, when did you realize you needed to make a change? And what did that specific change look like before you found hypnotherapy? Yeah. So when I, when I knew I had to change when I was losing the person I loved most, which is my husband now. Um, oh. But seven years ago when we met, like our relationship was 
not great because the anxiety that I was feeling had a lot to do with past relationships, right? Where, you know, I was cheated on, lied to, you know, things like that. And I was so worried he was going to cheat on me. I felt like I couldn't trust him. And, you know, so anxious all the time about our relationship, just (laughs) all the time. And putting that stress and that anxiety onto someone else who's not doing anything wrong is a lot. Mm. And so... I decided then I'm like, I have to change or I'm going to lose this person. And I also don't want to live like this the rest of my life. I don't want to have to wake up every single day and be worried about if and when I'm going to have a panic attack. I don't want to have to be worried about if I'm going to be like hurting someone or myself or, you know, hiding away from like opportunities um, because I'm letting the anxiety like rule my life. So it was really you know, push come to shove. Like I just, I had to do something about it. I didn't know what it was, but I just started taking steps. Wow. So it was like an external motivator to get you to do the inner work. What was it like? You mentioned that you did a whole bunch of different things. You did EFT, you did, um, you know, meditation, journaling, all of this kind of work. You had the psychology background and you did the therapy before you found hypnotherapy. What did that process look like? Yes. So I remember waking up every single day and I would go to my journal. And the first thing I would do is write what I was grateful for. So it really came down to gratitude. And I think people, well, maybe this is just like a, maybe this isn't how people think, but I think gratitude sometimes is overused, right? But it is so helpful. Um, So I'd write down at least three things. Um, If there was more, sometimes I would write more. And then I would write down um, what I was going to do that day. So it was really helping me get clear and focused on my next move, who I wanted to be, whether it was just like writing down, I'm going to exercise today. Um, I'm going to put this post up today, just something I could like cross off so I could feel accomplished. Um, and the last thing I would write is what I was manifesting. So things that I was visualizing, wanting for myself, Um, and so, and then throughout the day, just like working out was a priority for me. Um, yeah, EFT, I was doing a lot and I was using Brad Yates on YouTube, which he's a really great resource. And then I found Gala Darling. I'm not sure if you know her, but I was using her as well. Um, and that was extremely helpful. And then personal development books. So, um, I would listen to a lot of YouTube with Tony Robbins, Les Brown, like the classics, right? Jim Rohn, um, reading. I mean, just constantly filling my mind because I'm like, wow, like this is just a totally different way of living than I'm used to. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just every day chipping away at my mindset. And that process is quite interesting, isn't it? Because once you start chipping away at your mindset, You can't go back and be that person you once were. And it's quite scary, like reinventing yourself and moving through all of these, which is why I asked you about the journey. So why did hypnotherapy, you know, the mind and the gut are related. So it it makes sense that you're that you're experiencing these stomach pains when you had so much, you know, mental anxiety going on. So why did hypnotherapy work after two days? What do you think it is? Yes. So what I know to be true about hypnotherapy is when you go into that theta brainwave, you have access to the subconscious mind and your subconscious mind is 90% of who you are. And so this is your habits, your beliefs, your automatic bodily functions, <laughs> your, um, your memory, short-term and long-term, and your, the way that you respond to things when, with your emotions. Right. And so my, 
automatic response to a lot of things was to be scared, to be anxious. Um, And so when I was going into that theta brainwave, I was completely relaxed for the first time, (laughs) like, like ever. And if you ever experience anxiety, it's almost like being relaxed is uncomfortable because you're so mm-hmm. used to being tense all the time. Yeah. But this was like a different thing. Like you're entering entering into this theta brainwave and you are finally... So, okay. Let me put it like this. So when you're really tense and anxious and you're trying to make a change, there is just no freaking way. It's just like trying to punch your way through a brick wall versus when you are in the theta brainwave and you're trying to make a change your subconscious mind is open. It is receiving. It is in that sponge-like stage. It is ready to receive um, this new information if it's going to help you and keep you safe, right? Because that is all your subconscious wants to do is keep you safe. And so it's kind of like the difference of, you know, punching through like, you know, I don't know, feathers or something, right? It's so easy um, to be able to make those changes. You're more creative. Your problem-solving abilities like shoot through the roof. Um, And so... When I was in that relaxed state, it was almost like my body had the chance to feel better, <laughs> had the chance to like allow my mind to just take a break from all the anxious thinking and to, you know, really heal at a cell- cellular level. Mm. And why is hypnotherapy or the hypnosis is more effective at getting into that theta brainwave state than let's just say a meditation or something like that? Yes, that's a great question. So for me personally, uh, when I, I I think meditation is great. I'll start with that. But it's hard for you to get into even like a deep alpha brainwave. So I guess I'll start by explaining like the brainwave. So like you have your beta, it's like super conscious, super aware, you know, alpha is like light daydreaming. Theta is that sweet spot for hypnosis. You're very relaxed, very receptive to new ideas. And then delta sleep. So we just, oh, I just glitched there. Um, And so you go through, mm. can you see me okay? Yeah, I can, but you're glitching. It's really weird. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's so weird. Just keep going. I'll cut this bit out. Yes. Okay. As long as you can hear me. So you go through these brainwaves and when, okay, now I'm forgetting what I was saying. So you were in the... No, you're fine. Just start off with, um, you were at the, this theta is the sweet spot. Yeah. So theta is the sweet spot and then delta is sleep. So the reason why hypnotherapy is more effective than meditation is when you go into meditation, your goal is to really focus on the breath where you're you're focusing on that breath and people find it hard, sometimes frustrating, their minds jumping around. Um, They're thinking about what they need to do, what they're going to eat for dinner, what happened in 2007. You know, they're really kind of just like not really in the zone, right? Versus hypnotherapy, we have different, um, we, it's called an induction. So what we do is relax you into the theta brainwave. Just like, it's just so relaxing. It's just like, we're actually going to be doing it later on to kind of show you what it's like. Um, it's, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. And it's something that you just really need to experience for yourself to understand because it is so different as different than hip, or meditation. My mentor likes to describe hypnotherapy as meditation with a goal. So, yeah. Right. So meditation is almost like a focusing practice, so to speak, whereas hypnosis is more so a like reprogramming 
practice, you're really trying to tap into that subconscious mind to make, I guess, change your neural pathway, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Great. Yes, you're definitely going in with a goal. And even if that's to just reduce your stress, so you can do that as well. Wonderful. Wow. I, I'm a massive fan of hypnotherapy. I have a friend, he's um, he's done lots of NLP and did some hypnotherapy. I've also seen a hypnotherapist and I definitely felt amazing results from it. Something you've mentioned a few times is the subconscious mind. For the listeners who might be on more of like the fitness side of things, or like calories in, calories out, data, can you explain, you know, is the subconscious mind all woo-woo? Like what, what kind of does that mean? Yeah. So the subconscious mind is definitely not woo-woo. It literally just is, right? So it's just that automatic part of you. And so you can kind of like know that you have a subconscious mind. So if you've ever been driving on a highway and you are just in the zone, you have the music on, you may be talking on the phone to someone, you're like checking your like makeup in the mirror. Um, You are just like in the zone because it's a subconscious habit to drive. And, you know, there have probably been times where you're taking the same routes and you're like, how did I get home? And it's literally because you went into autopilots. And so that's what your subconscious is. It's autopilots. And so that's why some people have certain habits that they can't seem to make or break. And it's literally just what is in their specific subconscious. So if you have a really great, um, you know, relationship with exercise and eating well, um, you know, it's definitely like that habit um, that you have in your subconscious. And if you feel like it's like unhealthy, um, you can make those changes, right? To make them as specific for you. Um, or if you're trying to exercise more and you're trying to eat healthier, like you can also make those changes in the subconscious mind as well. Wow. So if you can have really healthy habits from the subconscious mind, but you can also have, you know, in the case of anxiety, detrimental habits, how how does the subconscious mind get created in the first place? Oh, yeah. So your subconscious mind is created as soon as you are born, I guess. So from zero to six years old or like seven years old, depending on who you're listening to, um, right around that six or seven year old range, your subconscious, you're you're completely in theta. So you're in that theta brainwave. You're not in beta. This is why children are so creative. This is why they're so imaginative. That's why they're just like in their own little world saying the craziest things. And so they are just soaking everything up from their guardians, whoever is raising them, their school teachers, their friends, they are soaking all of that stuff. And so if you were watching, I don't know, in my generation, like, you know, I got to watch my mom, like count like almonds. Right. So like, I forget, I think that's like a trend right now. It's like, you know, did you have an almond mom mom or something? Like I definitely did. You know, and so watching my mom like literally berate her body like growing up, I watched that growing up and I, wow. I, I absorbed it, you know, and so it definitely impacted me later on. And so I think, you know, especially parents now are realizing or even just people are realizing how much their childhood like impacts them later. And it's not to like sit there and blame your parents. It's just to have that awareness that you are able to make the change now. Mm, I have never heard of an almond mom before. And I'm glad you kind of explained it because my mom was not an almond mom. <laughs> yeah, no, I, she was always like on a diet of some sort. She wow. was on Weight Watchers. She's been on the, the Slim Fast thing. You know, like that's what I grew up with for sure. 
Yeah. I do like that these brands like Weight Watchers and stuff, like even though it is very much a weight loss goal, um, they are rebranding to more health and well-being and stuff like that, which is so lovely to see because I definitely grew up through the thigh gap stage and then big booties were cool and then, you know, they always (laughs) change. But that makes sense, you know, something like an exercise that a life coach took me through was really similar. And they um, asked like what I really enjoyed doing, you know, before I was seven years old, which was performing, putting on shows, playing teacher. So what's that educating and being on shows? Hey, here's a podcast. Um, But even with clients as well, trying to figure out, you know, what type of movement you enjoyed when you you were a kid, what stuff like you just really loved to do innately. And I think that's so important. Can you tell me more about how the subconscious mind can help? Like if you had a fitness client, somebody who was trying to lose weight, what sort of things would you advise they do outside of the session with you? Yes. So if I was working with someone who wanted to lose weight, the first thing I'm going to ask them is like, what are their goals, right? How much weight are they wanting to lose and what do they want it to look like? So for me, I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a physical trainer. So I'm going to take in their goals exactly how they want them, right? And so, and of course, there's like guidance and helping to, you know, get them to a certain place. But a lot of people tend to um, want to eat healthier and just move their body. So the subconscious, like when we are in the hypnotherapy session, I'm going to do as much as I can in the session to remove like blocks, to reframe memories and to put in positive, new, empowering suggestions, which suggestions in the hypnotherapy world are basically affirmations um, to help them, you know, move into the next day with this newfound motivation and drive to take care of their body in a way that they never have before. And it's going to feel really good, right? And so the one thing that people mistake hypnotherapy with though is that they think it's like magic and they just need like one session. So with something like weight loss, especially and like changing, like it could take up to 12 sessions for sure. Um, And that's okay because instead of taking years and years and years, right, you're shorting it. So the first thing I'm going to have them do is do self-hypnosis. So in the first... um, in the first session that I have, I teach them how to do self-hypnosis their, themselves. So when they're not in a session with me, they're able to guide themselves into the theta brainwave. And so, and then like keep programming those suggestions that we created together. And then the second thing is really, you know, taking their goals and like making sure that they're sticking with them. And so I know for the schooling that I went to, like, chewing a lot was good. (laughs) And so, which is so interesting, right? Or drinking more water, um, you know, making sure to move your body at least 20 minutes, right? Depending on where the client is, right? So, you know, depending if someone's like, hasn't worked out in like five years versus someone who is just trying to get back into it again, um, it's going to be a lot different for the advice that I give them, but definitely continuing on with the mindset work. Um, and just staying focused on the goal and the outcome. And I know you shared my post earlier about how, you know, it's not going to be immediate results and that's okay. You know, and just feeling so proud. I can't remember the exact wording, but it's okay that you don't see the immediate results to know that the things that you're doing are paying off. Mm, definitely. I think it's, it sounds so cliche, but falling in love with the journey. 
I'm not going to lie though. I still find that hard. I've got a lack of patience. I start something and I'm like, I want to see results now. Why isn't this happening? Like, how do you help people navigate through that? Because I feel like I I see that with clients and I'm very good at giving advice and being like, okay, so this is like the natural, like it takes a bit before you get the newbie games girl. Like, so how do you help guide people to, to really embody patience? Ooh, yeah. I patience is just like its whole, it's like a whole new like hypnotherapy session on its own, right? Where I could tell somebody to be patient, but patience in itself is a habit, right? And so you either have that program or you don't, right? And so <laughs> and I think it's okay to want results, right? But to give up, you know, that's where you know, that programming comes back. I know I'm like a broken record right now, but it's just like, it's really coming back to like, okay, what do I really want? And then just keep programming it, keep programming it because you are going to get the results. Like, and you just have to remind yourself, like, this is the path. This is what I'm doing right now will work, but I need to stay with it. And maybe I won't see results for four months, six months, a year, but it's going to (laughs) happen. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high-energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals, and sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal-getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full-spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. I see a lot of like yo-yo dieting in the fitness industry. So I see a lot of people who start and stop, start and stop. And they're like, okay, I'm going to try Pilates. Oh, now I'm going to try CrossFit. Now I'm going to try Orange Theory. Oh, there's this new juice cleanse. I'm going to try the juice cleanse. And they might see results for a certain period of time, but then they put all the weight back on or lose all the strength or whatever their goal is. So you just alluded to this, um, you know, to giving up is a subconscious program. Um, how would somebody know that they're on that program? And 
Is it just observing their parents or are there other factors as to why somebody would be more likely to give up on their goals? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely like the parent thing, you're watching them do their whole thing. For someone to have like, you know, the yo-yo dieting tendencies, like they're definitely picking that up. That might just be from watching a show and, you know, wanting to be a certain weight, like seeing a magazine, you're like, I want to look like that. I think especially like girls around our age really, you know, saw every magazine's like lose 10 pounds in like one month. Right. And it's always like that goal to be thinner. It's always that goal to be toner. And I know from my experience where I did lose like 50 pounds and it still wasn't enough. I still wasn't skinny enough. I still wasn't good enough. Right. And this was before I knew about hypnotherapy, about the way the programs are, because I did grow up with that influence of like, you know, it wasn't enough ever. Um, Mm. And so what happens is, you know, when people are doing the yo-yo dieting, it's like they get results and it's great. Um, but then they do tend to like gain the weight back and, and sometimes more, right? And it's, it can be the parents. It can just be like this lack of self-trust, right? Where it's just like you said you were going to do something. And then it's like you don't really actually trust yourself to go through with it anyways. And so it's really creating those like micro moments. So I think sometimes people tend to overcommit, right? And they're like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds and I'm going to do it in this way. And I'm going to go to the gym like seven days a week and I'm going to do this diet and not eat any bread or any sugar. And I'm just like, that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And you really, the goal with all of this is just creating something that you can do for the rest of your life and you will be happy with, right? It's not like being fit and going like, not even being fit, just like moving your body and like eating healthy can be fun and enjoyable and easy. And so I think a lot of us, we have in our head that it has to be hard, right? We have to like count all the calories and do the macros and count all the steps. And, you know, and that might just be your personality and that's great. Um, or maybe depending on what you're doing, you know, for athleticism, like maybe that's just part of your career, but for just the normal average Joe, like, you know, exercising and moving your body, strength training, cardio, eating the right foods is all you really need to do. And so to kind of answer your question with all that, I just, it is a lot of influence from the people that you grew up with. But then as you move into your teenager years, like the teenager years are also like really influential to um, how you move into adulthood. And I think a lot of it also comes to like, how you feel about yourself. Like, do you love yourself? Do you have a hard time loving yourself? I I find like a lot of women are really harsh about the way that their bodies look. And so, you know, it's just easier to drown your kind of like sorrows in a pint of ice cream versus, you know, having an ice cream cone and then just moving on with your life, right? Mm, There were so many golden nuggets in there. So, you know, while that familial influence is super important, it's also not being too hard on yourself, setting crazy goals. And some people actually are programmed to make it hard for themselves and to want to overcomplicate things. And to be honest, this is something I'm seeing on social media. You know, you'll post a piece of content and then there'll be conflicting things in the comments, which is great, you know, to have discussion. But there's there's so much data and so many studies out there. Yeah, what works for one person, you know, counting all your macros and and doing all of that doesn't necessarily work for somebody else who maybe be, 
is under a lot of stress and they just need to do a lot more hot yoga and maybe, you know, lower body exercises. Oh my gosh. When you brought up like, yeah, there's so much conflicting and like things going on. It drives me crazy. It's like, you know, when I see you posting like, oh, meals bad for you or, you know, like, oh, vegetables are bad for you. You can't digest them. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, yeah. why are we doing to like villainize food? I mean, eggs are bad for you. And I feel like every single food group is bad for you. Like <laughs> bad. Everything causes cancer. I'm just like, no, this is not true. Like, and it just makes it so hard for someone who's just wanting to get fit. They're trying to get the information and it's just like bombarding with like so many different things. And right, you just have to find what works for you. Exactly. And honestly, I always quote like three principles, eat well, 80% of the time. Move well, which just means move often in the way that you enjoy and breathe well. Sort out the crap, all the shit going on in your mind so that you can have the available energy to do all this stuff, which is what you're here for. You're here to help us clear out the shit in the mind. I love that. I think that's the perfect way to like move forward, right? To make it as simple as possible. Don't overcomplicate things because that's when your subconscious can be like, I'm out. Your subconscious wants you it to be as easy as possible. If you're going to overcomplicate mm. things, like you are already setting yourself up for failure. For sure. What else makes your subconscious check out? Oh, you know, it's, <laughs> I see these videos. It's like literally your subconscious. It's just, just imagine like a very lazy potato. <laughs> it just wants <laughs> to keep you safe. And it's, it's just me. like this little... Yeah, it's a little spongy. It loves you and cares about you, but it's just like, it's just an automatic thing. So if you are trying to like deviate from what you've been doing, so, you know, it's exciting. You're like, oh, I have this new goal. I am, I'm finally, this is the year I am just, I'm so sick of not feeling good in my body. I want to just move my body and I want to feel good. And you know, whatever else, and you're getting excited and you go for it. And you're not being crazy. You're just like, I'm going to go walking every single day and I'm going to make sure to get more fruits and vegetables and drink more water, right? Nothing crazy. But you do it for like two or three weeks and you're just kind of like over it, right? Because it's not a habit. It, and you may do it for four months and then stop, right? It's really understanding that it's not you, it's your subconscious. <laughs> and so it's like, I don't think anyone is inherently lazy. It's really coming down to like, you just have, and it, here's the thing, you don't have to also just use hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy isn't the only thing, even though I'm a hypnotherapist and I would, I, I think it's the easiest way. I mean, you can tap, you can journal, you can visualize every single day. You can meditate on it every single day. It's re really that visualization of who you want to be moving forward. Mm. For sure. I actually noticed. So after in 2015 or 2016, I lost like 30 pounds in, in three months. And it was so easy because I started doing um, lots of work on like, I realized that thoughts had frequencies and stuff like that, which I never heard about. And there was a lot of like guilt and a lot of shame and a lot of anxiety. And I started doing all that work and like certain relationships just exited themselves out of my life without conscious thought at all. And I was doing all of this inner work and then, you know, a breakup happened and, you know, I was reframing my job at the time. And then it felt like I wasn't even trying and I was losing weight. Of course, I was moving and eating well most of the time, but I tried so many times when I was like in that relationship and when I was just like, it was all willpower, just chipping away and, and the weight just wouldn't shift until I chilled the fuck out. 
Yeah, totally agree. It's like, you know, I, I love the quote with Yoda. It's like, <laughs> to try is to fail kind of thing. You know, you, it's just like to try to chip away the willpower thing you're saying. Like, that's so true. When you're having to feel like you have to force yourself or you like feeling like you have to dread, you know, doing your workout. Like, it's not, that's not the way. It gets to be easy. Mm, for sure. I totally agree with you in that regard. Um, I know that you mentioned that you'd like to do a hypnosis towards the end. So I was wondering, before we get into that, is there anything that you feel like you haven't shared that you wanted to share in this conversation today? Yeah, I really think the last thing is talking about the misconceptions about hypnotherapy because Mm -hmm. hypnotherapy really does seem like this woo-woo thing, even though there is science for days to back it up. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions and for a good reason. I mean, Hollywood has totally blasted the hypnotherapy space, making it seem like it's mind control, making it seem like I can make you do things that you don't want to do, making it seem like it's blackout or it's sleep. And none of those things are true. So it's simply going to the theta brainwave. You literally go into a hypnosis like trance every single day of your life. You go into the theta brainwave. So you can feel this before you go to bed, when you wake up, when you're scrolling on your phone, which you should be really careful about, <laughs> when you're watching a movie. Like imagine actually going to a movie theater and you're in there and you're really into the movie. You're the characters, you're like, wow, like you're feeling the braveness and the sadness and the happiness that the characters are like portraying. Your subconscious mind doesn't know what's real or not real. So when you're watching that, it kind of feels like you're in the movie. And that's why you're feeling like the racing heart or you're feeling the happiness or you're feeling like you're falling in love because it doesn't know what's real or not. And so you leave the the theater and the lights are on and you go outside and it's bright out there and you're like, whoa, like you kind of like bring yourself back to that beta brainwave. And so we go into the hypnosis, you go into the theta brainwave all the time and that's all hypnosis is. And so there's nothing to be scared of. Um, And I think I covered all my bases with that. Yeah, I I can't make you be, do or say anything you don't want to do. Yeah, it's just really simple, healing, effective and amazing. Mm. You're so right. (laughs) Story time though. (laughs) <laughs> My yeah. friend who is a hypnotherapist did a really cool thing. And I know that this isn't hypnotherapy and what you do. But um, I was sitting next to my boyfriend at the time and he got us both into this hypnosis state and he like touched my boyfriend's arm, but I felt it. It was really weird. So that's probably the misconception of because he did magician stuff and all that sort of stuff. That's probably yeah. the the misconception that people are thinking. But I've been in hypnotherapy sessions and it's, to me, it feels like a guided meditation, but you just get so deep so quick. Yes, that's exactly. That's a really great way to describe it, actually. Yeah, for sure. But what my friend did was also super cool and a great party trick. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I honestly haven't like even dove into that. I'm kind of like scared to do that kind of thing, right? Because I think even stage hypnosis has kind of like put like a damper on actual healing transformation you can have. And actually, I'm going to like tell you a statistic. So they found that you could do 600 sessions. So this is like researched, like thoroughly researched. You could do 600 sessions of psychotherapy or a form of therapy and get, what was it? It was 38% improvement versus with hypnotherapy, six 
sessions in a 93% improvement. And so, I mean, the results are like astounding to what you can accomplish in such a short period of time. 93%. Six sessions. You're going to have to share this paper with me via email afterwards because that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it is honestly incredible. That is insane. That is, yeah. I'm not surprised though because um, my experiences with hypnotherapy have been absolutely incredible. Show us it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I put together a little um, mini hypnosis to kind of like uh, show y'all what it's all about. You're so um, generous. So- Shall I close my eyes, seeing seeing as I'm here? (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, go ahead and begin to prime yourself to relax by getting nice and comfortable. And when you're ready, as you're listening to this, you can close your eyes. (sighs) And take a nice, deep, cleansing breath. In through the nose. Hold it for a moment. And then exhale slowly through your mouth. That's right. Continuing to take deep cleansing breaths. Allowing yourself to release any stress or tension that you have accumulated throughout the day. And if you happen to be driving, please pause this and play it for later. But go ahead and continue to breathe. And just let it out. You no longer need to hold on to the stress. It is safe to let it go. And relax even deeper. And as you continue to breathe deeply, imagine a peaceful scene in your mind. This could be a beach, a forest, a meadow, or any other place that brings you feelings of peace and tranquility. Really focus on the details of the scene and allow yourself to become fully immersed really feel what it's like to be there. Smell the air. Touch something that is around you and feel the texture. Hear the sounds. Very good. And just allow your thoughts to drift away like clouds in the sky. And imagine yourself becoming increasingly relaxed and calm with each breath. That's right. Anytime a thought pops up, just allow it to drift away like a cloud in the sky. It doesn't matter right now. And repeating the following affirmations inside your mind. Every day and every way, it's getting easier and easier to move my body. More and more, I crave movement for my body. I am becoming the person who loves 
to move their body. Very, very good. And really just intentionally bringing this relaxation to your head, feeling the muscles in your face just relax deeper and deeper. It feels good to release the forehead and jaw. Feeling the muscles in your neck and shoulders just relax deeper and deeper. It feels good to release your shoulders, sending even more relaxation all the way down the arms and through the fingertips. That's right, intentionally relaxing your chest and your stomach. Finding it easier to breathe now. And then relaxing the muscles in your legs. Really focusing on your thighs and calves. Allowing that relaxation to flow through the bottoms of your feet. Very, very good. Really feeling how good it feels to be this relaxed. And now just taking a second to visualize yourself eating healthy and working out in the best way for you without all the outside noise. Just really focusing on what it would look like to feel good for you to eat healthy and move your body. Really feel it like it's happening in the present moment. Taking your time. See yourself moving and smiling. You're doing great. That's right. Very good. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Very good. <laughs> wow. I feel so relaxed now. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm, I'm sure all of the listeners who aren't driving, who are listening to this during the housework or something like that, will be so grateful. Thank you for your generosity there and sharing that with yeah, us. Of you, course. No, you have I'm a beautiful voice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, fun fact. I'm actually a yoga teacher as well, but I do mostly group fitness training. I went to India and did my Vipassana as well. Um, mm -hmm. I did a Vipassana, sorry, and meditation training and all of that. But, um, you know, the, the hype fitness voice tends to land more um, than, than my yoga voice. <laughs> I love that. Oh man, that's a dream of mine. Um, I think combining combining yoga and then at the end doing like a hypnosis would just be like next level. <laughs> I mean, girls gotta have goals. Girls gotta have goals. We do have a closing question on this podcast. And it is, if you were to give your 20-year-old self one sentence of advice, what would that be? You have always been enough and you always will be enough. Yeah. I love that. You have always been enough and you will always be enough. Yeah, definitely. That's so sweet. I'm sure so many people have just fallen in love with your work and want to know more. So can you let everyone know where they can find you? Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at 
Up Level Society. And then you can follow me on TikTok at Chelsea the Hypnotherapist and my website. So all my stuff is on my Instagram bio. That's going to be the easiest way to find me. I, I'm sure most people are on the socials. When someone says their website, I just check out and go straight to their link and bio. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Uplevel Society, spelled exactly how you think it is. No spaces. So thank you I so much. <laughs> no, it's been absolutely wonderful, Chelsea. And for everybody listening at home, I, I'm sure you enjoyed learning more about the subconscious mind. Until next time, eat well, move well, breathe well, and keep shining. Keep shining.